brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come. Turn your devices to the maximum volume. Sit back, relax, and let's get ready to retro. What's up, everybody? This is a special episode. This is a bonus episode. We've never really done this before, but we are going to be talking about Vince McMahon and his retirement from the world of wrestling. My name is Max, and welcome to Ready to Retro. And with me is our buddy, Jesse. Jesse, why don't you say hi to everybody? Hello, all Ready to Retro listeners. Yes. Sights and Sound podcast presented by Heart God Media. That is right. That's your that's your thing, dude. <laughs> so basically, this is a unfiltered. There's not going to be any editing in this conversation. It's just Jesse and I talking about the news that dropped yesterday, July 22nd, that Vince McMahon has retired from the WWE. And Jesse and I immediately were texting and we're like, dude, we just need to record this conversation and get it out, out there. Right. Like yeah. it's just, that's what we want to do. I mean, bomb, bombshell news um, to some, maybe not as surprising, but people who were kind of like ingratiated with no on screen Vince McMahon character 
and how you know the in wrestling they say the best characters are themselves just turned up to 11. Well, I think Vince McMahon, the on-screen character of Vince McMahon is turned down to one. And then the off-screen character of Vince, Mc, or Mc, Mc, Vince McMahon is turned up to 11. So I think we only got a little taste of what Vince is truly like. And from stories I've heard on podcasts and stuff, uh, just how steadfast and hard-headed he has been his entire career for 40 plus years and to get the retirement to me, it was a, it's a bombshell. Yeah, for sure. And I think nobody thought it was actually going to happen. No, no, it was like, yeah. I mean, it's like, um, I don't even know what's comparable. Like, uh, Jesus Christ. I, I I don't know. Like, like I, I, I can't think of anything that would, that relates to like, at least, like I said, if you know, like if you've heard stories and, and been in, you know, an outside, a follower of what happens outside of the ring, this is like, I said it to you yeah. yesterday. I thought Vince was going to die with the gavel in his hand at the chair. For sure. It, I guess it would be like the equivalent of like Donald Trump just letting go of all of his estates and stuff, right? right? Going like, to live uh, off the grid on like a beach or something, right. like with no electricity. Right. Which would be, I would be fine with, but, you know, like, <laughs> but it, it's like, it's like that level because, you know, Trump and Vince McMahon are, are best buddies and stuff, but it's kind of that, that idea where there is no WWE without Vince McMahon. There's not a lot And we'll get into him. that. No, no. And I, I want to ask you, Jesse, like, I think it's important because as people are listening and on Ready to Wrestle, we haven't really talked a lot about wrestling here, so you know, whatever. But like, what is your history with WWE professional mm. wrestling? Just to why Why are you qualified <laughs> to talk about this? You're not. Or, well, I don't know. I think, just like, yeah. What, what's, what's your love for wrestling? Well, first of all, I'll preface this by saying, I think it's an innate thing in wrestling fans to think they're qualified to talk about everything related to wrestling. hundred percent. We 100%. are the, the bo- <laughs> best bookers in the world. We know exactly what needs to be done. Um, it's just the nature of every wrestling fan. But I mean, my my history with wrestling, um, it definitely starts with the New York Territory, known as WWE, like formerly yep. WWF. Like one hundred percent. Like said this about a million things on episodes we've done, episodes we have on the Sight and Sound podcast presented by Hurricane Media. Um, uh, you know, I can't think of a time where I didn't know the names Hulk Hogan, uh, Macho Man, Randy Savage, The Ultimate Warrior, Big Boss Man, uh, you know, uh, King Kong Bundy, uh, Andre the Giant, even those guys that were like kind of towards the end of their runs or kind of out, out of WWF at the time. I grew up watching VHSs of WrestleMania, WrestleMania two, WrestleMania three, WrestleMania four, like the first couple Royal Rumbles, like uh, wrestling was like just always on in my house. Like my father was a big fan. I'm still to this day. I never stopped watching wrestling. I was always watching something and yeah, it started, you know, in the, the golden, the ass end of the golden era. So like, you know, 85 to like 92 ish. So but like I had my parents like remember like getting like a bunch of WWF magazines from a lawn sale. Oh, crazy! And like yeah. I was like, do, you know, doing my research as well as you know, watching when I could. 
you know, doing re- like just looking at magazines, reading like little snippet interviews with, you know, uh, you, you know, the most random, like Terry, you know, the Texas tornado, like Kerry Von Eric, like things like that, like reading about how his whole family, you know, I read that in a WWF magazine like about the Von Eric's. Like I wasn't For old sure. enough. I didn't grow up in the Texas territory to watch like Texas wrestling on TV in the late seventies and early eighties and stuff. Like I didn't know about those yeah. guys until I read about, von eric in, in a wwf magazine and my love for it is just always remained and obviously being a you know a kid of the 90s it was huge i mean thanks to mm-hmm. eric bischoff and vince mcmahon feuding like it, wrestling was as big as it ever was from 96 to you know 2002 yeah. um and vince's handprints are all over that along with bischoff totally and you are still a fan now, as you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do not watch a lot of WWE these days and have not since roughly 20. Honestly, I I started teetering off like in early or late 2018, early 2019. And it, and it had, had, you know, been in and out of New Japan stuff watching it just because I was a huge fan of Kenny and the Young Bucks. And when they brought that to America... I was immediately like all in, like, you know, pun intended, I guess there, but, uh, you know, once AEW started, I was all in AEW and I mean, I have my problems with every wrestling company right now. I think that the business is kind of in an odd spot, especially with injuries and stuff, but always been a fan, always will be a fan constantly watching it and keeping my, uh, my finger on the pulse of what's going on in the wrestling world. Yeah. Uh, I'll speak for me. So, different i didn't grow up with it (laughs) in my early childhood uh i think your location and where you grew up really does play a role in your love you know being from new york being from la which is not known for wrestling as much like it's more of the showcase you know hollywood like they would come out here to be in movies and stuff I mean, there's definitely, like, a... It's it's known as a great city for wrestling and stuff, but Hollywood definitely plays a, a role into it. So, my introduction... Okay, so wrestling at all was actually... I don't know why, but my parents took me to see Ready to Rumble in 2000 with David Arquette. And I right. had... And, and talking about, you know, Hollywood and stuff, that was kind of my introduction to professional wrestling. I thought that Goldberg was Stone Cold, you know? Like, I, I knew who Stone Cold was, right. of course, like, growing up in the 90s. But I didn't have anybody around me who watched wrestling, except for my best friend from Canada, Toronto area, right? Another big wrestling city. Um, he would <laughs> he would tell me storylines, like, as if they were, like, cultural history. I remember just, like, we both of us would be, like, chilling on his bed and he'd be telling me like so there was this group called degeneration x and they had road dog and they had x Pac, and he basically just told the whole storyline and and told me how they broke up and like how they used kane and kane was part of that and stuff so i was like this is awesome right but i knew like my mom probably wouldn't let me kind of i don't know it was just like i didn't have those access points or i didn't have access to watch it until 2001 where i watched SummerSlam, and i was at a uh, family friend's house they were big wrestling fans they invited me over with my friend hayden who was 
told me all about these stories and stuff. And I saw that first TLC match, and I loved it. Loved it. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean that like there were so many of those matches that are so memorable today. That's definitely one of them. But in in WWE, I mean, there was there's a million of those matches. Um, and I think a lot of people try to um, a lot of people try to downplay the other eras outside of the attitude era and like maybe some of the ruthless aggression era or whatever you want to yeah, call it um yeah. i guess that's what it's called yeah, yeah like the 2002 yeah. to um yeah it's a lot of people try to downplay that but wwe has been up and down and up and down and up and down um as far as like you know the higher points with higher ratings and lower ratings and stuff yeah. the diehards yeah. always remain but vince has been there through it all when he took the company over from his father in the early eighties and, you know, it was, I mean, people, they don't like, I think people have forgotten. I think to, in some aspect, like WrestleMania was a, a Vince McMahon yeah. creation, like, and, and Pat Patterson and, 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 and the people that were there to help him with all the ideas and stuff. And I think if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was going to be called like, um, something t- colossal tussle or something like that uh because they had talked about <laughs> wrestlemania is way better <laughs> yeah yeah i mean wrestlemania is as i is an ironic iconic as a of a branding as the super bowl it's the super bowl oh, sure. super bowl of wrestling and it takes over all media like that, that week, week yeah like, wrestlemania week uh, bleacher report espn like that's what everybody talks about yeah. it's like around april people will talk about wrestlemania yep um, so that was my introduction in 2001. And then basically right after that, I was hooked, man. I saw that triple threat match mm-hmm. between Triple H, Kurt Angle, and The Rock. And I will go down by saying, like, that era, like 2000, 2001, 2002, the promos, the vignettes are just top notch. Like, I got so hooked in the storyline because of the way they would edit it and they would have, like, music from like Godsmack or like you know like right like, right contemporary like awesome music uh Limp Biscuit that's how I really got into Limp Biscuit at the time and so I got into it I watched every Raw every Smackdown I used to tape them I still have a bunch of tapes I've never gone through uh I would love to I know they're on like the network now but I would love to just watch like the Lugs commercial or right like, yeah you know, uh, the Stacker you know, Two like, commercials and... <laughs> yeah the Slim Jim stuff um. I mean, then, yeah, go for it. I, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. 
Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. That you just being like a couple years younger than me, you know, you ended up, as opposed to like being knee deep in it in like 98 or 99, you're right, come like at, kind of the, the, the tail end of the attitude era. But there was still, that's the thing too. It's like people are like, oh, you know, 96, 97, 98, 99, that was like the height. But people forget that they were still pulling record numbers in 2000, 2001, 2002. And they kind of seamlessly transitioned into that uh, ruthless aggression era with, you know, the, you know, Randy Orton coming up from OVW and, and, and Lesnar and, and all those dudes. I mean, they kind of didn't even, as much as people try to like wash away what happened after the attitude era, sometimes they kind of didn't miss a beat and recreated like all new stars that came up, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? There were so many, I mean, there's a lot that were in and out, like, but then you still had like, you know, Kurt Angle, like was, he didn't, Angle didn't even debut was, until yeah. 99, 2000. So like Angle, I don't think even became champion until 2001 or two. So like mm-hmm. that whole Kurt Angle era. And then you have Eddie Guerrero coming into for the first time ever. Cause he was not a main event guy in WCW, yeah. you know, the radicals come in in 2000 or something like that. So then you get Eddie yeah. Guerrero and those, you get Benoit. Benoit was champ yes, at WrestleMania. Be, like, Benoit yeah. and Guerrero, two guys that were like mid card, like you know, uh, thought to be you know like they could never hold a title, uh, that kind of title, and they end up holding like the most prestigious titles in all of wrestling. Yeah, it's crazy, and and people loved it. They were yeah. so over. I mean, and yeah. yeah. So this then, is like, Vince. this is this is yeah. where it all goes back to who. You can say whatever you want about Vince, and I got – he's very polarizing. We'll, we'll get to yeah. it. We'll get to it. We'll get to I it. I mean, yeah. he, he put these guys in those positions. Eddie Guerrero, yeah. a Hispanic wrestler who is, uh, without a doubt, the the most, like, I I guess, like, you know, uh, sto- like, I, I, I don't know what I want to say. Like, uh, the most, like, he is the Babe Ruth of Latino wrestlers. Yeah, for sure. You can talk for Carlos sure. Colon and like icon. anybody else, but like Eddie Guerrero was world champion. Like yeah. he was yeah. at the top of the biggest wrestling company in the world at one yeah. point. I don't know and any still other. Gets, and still gets shout outs in the ring. To this day. You know? Yeah. And yeah. So high school, once it started to change to like the PG era, I, I started into high school. I just felt like kind of too old at that point. Like I just, it didn't connect with me. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the ruthless aggression era. Like I, I kind of see it as like when the Rock left, that's kind of when the Attitude Era kind of was for sure. Yeah, because you like had that. Austin and Rock leave pretty much within like I don't know, like maybe seven or Six eight months, months of each other. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, oh, because uh, Stone Cold left at WrestleMania in two thousand two. Well, I think he left. If I remember correctly, I think nineteen. So that's two thousand three. Two thousand three. Yeah. Yeah. And then that summer, The Rock left at SummerSlam at Madison Square Garden. I was yeah. in New York at the time. And then I went to the Raw right after SummerSlam, and he wasn't there. And mm-hmm. I was pissed. Um, but anyway, so high school and then starting to get kind of back into it because my friend Hayden was like, hey, dude, there's this guy CM Punk. There's Daniel Bryan. Like, There's like some, some really great stuff. So I got into it um, He t- like days before – my wedding, he took me to SummerSlam at Staples. That was great. And I kind of got into it a little bit, especially when – because The Rock is my favorite. Like, door the, I was obsessed with The Rock, like obsessed. And then when Rock was main, um, 
headlining for WrestleMania with Punk and Cena. And then I kind of went back and forth. There would be months I was really into it. And then NXT, I was, like, super into it with the Revival, with Finn Balor, uh, Shinsuke, uh, Samoa Joe, all that stuff. And then I kept on seeing the talent, and I'm sure we'll get to this, the talent getting just washed away on the main roster. And then I was just like, I'm done. Mm-hmm. And I and the last thing I kind of watched was the Fiend um, debut. And then I heard that, like, they did a – they had a uh, DQ in a hell in a cell match between Rollins and the fiend. And I was, that was, I was done. I was like, I'm done with wrestling. I'm done with WWE. I'm not going to do this again. Okay. Cause I would go back and forth. And then, and then last summer, my, my buddies Hayden again. And my buddy, David, who we used to watch wrestling, all three of us together off and on. He was like, all right, I know you don't want to watch it, but you got to watch AEW. And I was like, I'm done with wrestling, man. Like, I just I, – I invest so much time, and then I don't see any payoff with it. Like, they – because I was just so used to WWE. And I watched All Out, and then it was Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. Yeah. And I actually watched uh, All Out Lucha tw- Underground. All Out 2019, then, that was. Right? Uh, no, it was last year. It was last year. Oh. I haven't been watching AEW for – Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't been they... watching AEW for more than a year. Okay, because I want to say that all out. Maybe that was a triple threat with another team. It it was it was the one where Cole came out, Daniel Bryan, like. Oh okay yeah or, okay or, yeah, or, yeah 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 okay yeah, that, it was that it that was that pay per view all out okay yeah. yeah. So I was like, okay, I'm in, and I haven't missed a week pretty much since. Even went in July, June. I went in June to a taping at the forum. So that's that's where we're caught up. So that's our wrestling thing, anyways. So your initial reaction when you heard the news about Vince um, retiring? Couldn't believe it. Never thought I'd see the day, especially because <laughs> with all the controversy of hush money payoff and stuff like that, it was reported that even though he had stepped back from being a CEO, he was still had a talent and or talent or creative. And was still showed up reports were inside reports where he showed up like it was another day at the office. Yeah. Um, And can you explain to those people who don't know uh, the scandal that the recent scandal that came out? So, I mean, Vince is probably the king of scandals and and probably would be (laughs) the messiah of scandals if we heard all of them. And it sounds like some of them are starting to come out. But (laughs) regardless, yes, there was. There was, uh, at some point, uh, the board members became privy of WWE because WWE is a traded, publicly traded company, and they've been a publicly traded company, I think, since 2000 or 2001. And what that means is they're on the f- stock market. They're they're publicly traded. Anybody can buy a piece of, you know, WWE and, and be a shareholder. Not anybody, but, you know, you know what I mean? You gotta um, have money. Yeah. And <laughs> essentially they have discovered that there was hush money. Now, 20 years ago, there probably wouldn't be any ground to even care. But in the, in the culture and the society we live in today, where there's more accountability and there's more visibility on stuff like this, Mm -hmm. you know, once board members start hearing rumblings that like people were paid off and they were, as far as like hush money, either he had Vince had the story goes right now is the rumor mill and, and non-rumor mill, I guess, you know, some truth is he had relationships with other women. Now Vince is married, but from reports, he hasn't really been truly married. He's like pretty much like separated, but unofficially um, that he had relationships with 
employees, not necessarily talent that we know of, um, but an employee at some point he had a relationship with, made her sign an NDA and gave her money. Now, I think that they're still going through the proceedings and the findings to figure out whether or not that was paid with Titan Entertainment money. And Titan Entertainment is the parent company to WWE, like on everybody's checks. Like it doesn't say right. World Wrestling Entertainment. It says Titan Incorporated or whatever. Um, I mean, it still may say WWE or have the logo, but it's it, it's company is, you know, Titan is the parent company. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. So like if you, even if you go back on and look at like a WWF ring from that was sold at Ames or something, it'll say like Titan incorporated. Like you look on the back of it, it's tight. Everything's Titan. Titan. Hence, right. hence Titan towers in Stanford, you know, where the WWE headquarters are. Anyway, I think this is my personal opinion. I think there's an investigation right now as to whether or not it was Vince's money or if it was Titan entertainment money, if it was right. Titan money and they can prove, or even if it looks like it was Vince's money, can they prove that money from the company, the Titan company was moved into like a Vince account or like a ghost or an alias account and then provided to the, as the hush money on a signed NDA contract to uh, a female, if they can prove that. And I think that they have something because that's why ultimately like i said vince is a very hard-headed guy and everyone said he will die in the chair he will die in the gorilla, yeah. gorilla position yeah so the fact that he announced after you know just a, a month after walking out on smackdown after all these came out and just came out there like business as usual for <laughs> yeah. him to retire i think it may have been uh a combination of something might come out this might kill down some of the this might be some damage control but also I think someone internally talked to him and got through something. I don't think yeah. anybody would have ever or have said right, like, right. cause we're talking $10 million. Like we're talking yeah. a large amount of money over the course like, of know, 15 years or something. Like that. Right. And, and it's like, I know he's making money, but like I could totally see him taking companies money to do that. And yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll we'll get into kind of the, his legacies and stuff, but I just what was your what was your scummy? Because my phone blew. Yeah. I told you yesterday, I was out, <laughs> I was eating sushi, getting ready to see Nope last night, and I'm just like sitting there, like eating some sushi, and um, it's just really good. Uh, <laughs> I love sushi, my favorite food. Oh yeah, <laughs> like I'm like I didn't get into sushi till probably like six or seven. No, maybe not that long. Five, six, probably about ten years ago. When I figured out that there was a million different vegetarian sushi options, oh. became obsessed. Shiitake, yeah. Oshinko, give me it all. Um, but anyway, uh, sushi aside, yeah, like my phone blew up. You texted me, uh, you know, uh, a couple other friends texted me, and I was like, oh my, what the hell? Like, it was like Vince died. <laughs> he basically did. Yeah. But I, I got the news within three minutes because I have notifications from bleacher, bleacher Report, yeah. and wwe uh, apparently is um on one of my notifications still but um so it just says vince mcmahon retires and there's a tweet from vince mcmahon and he just says at 77 time for me to retire period thank you comma wwe universe period then period now period forever period together period w hashtag wwe hashtag thankful and all I said to Jesse was I sent that a screenshot of my <laughs> notification and just put 
Yo, <laughs> that's all I said. <laughs> and then he just said, my phone is blowing up. Never thought I'd see the day. And then, yeah, so I, I just, I couldn't believe it. Cause I'm like literally sitting there. I work with my wife and we're working on something and I see it on my phone and I go, oh my God, Vince McMahon just retired. And then she like recognized where, what, how big that was. And she goes, she was so, she was so nice, like, so uh, accommodated. She's like, do you need a second? Cause I realized that's really big news. I was like, just give me three minutes so I could text all my friends yeah. right now because this is insane. Right. Like, let me text all my wrestling buddies. She's like, okay. Cause I, there was no way I could be focused on work with that. Right. I like, mean, it's just, it's yeah. that, I mean, it, it <laughs> is too. It's like, I mean, not to the extent of a death, but like there are certain situations where something happens. Like I remember like brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Not not to get like crazy, but like uh, I remember when Prince died, like I was at work and like my manager rolled up and told me and we just kind of had to take a second. We're like, wow, Prince is dead. And I'm not even like I like Prince, like I'm a casual listener of Prince. Like I don't own any of the records. I mean, I know the entire Purple Rain record. Right. I do actually I do have that one on vinyl, but um, I just it's just like one of those. Right? It, Purple Rain's like Thriller Light, like, you know, all the songs. <laughs> um. But regardless, uh, like when something like that happens, you just get like taken back. You're like, oh, wow. Like, that's yeah. what it felt like. It felt like kind of similar to like a death. You're like, yeah. uh, just because uh, for anybody that isn't like you, you kind of, you know, the Vince McMahon name, you know, WWE, you know, WWF, you're, you're familiar with it a little bit. But to give you some insight as to someone who's followed this man's product for so long and read a million different insider stories from wrestling reporters and journalists or lack thereof. Um, Vince is, he, he's the, um, you know, for, for anybody that's unaware, he truly is the Roger Goodell, the, the Adam silver of, you know, but he's even bigger than that. Like he's, that, he's more can, important yeah. to WWE than any commissioner has ever been to like the NFL or NBA. Um, yeah. It really, he really truly is like the king of sports entertainment, which is, you know, an alternate name for pro wrestling. He's done a lot of good and a lot of bad and people have polarizing views on him, but this is, I mean, there's no question that this is going to affect and shake things up. Right. Because like in, there's, there's always been pro wrestling, like right. for a long time. Before WWE. He, yeah. He took it from 
just like in a local gym or, you know, kind of like a circus, like, hey, the circus is in town, uh, wrestling's in town. He made it into a a corporation. He made it yes. into corp- corp- part of corporate is a great, a yeah. great way to go when talking about Vince, because wrestling was that's the thing people forget too. Vince making it corporate and making it sports entertainment. I think that's the yeah. whole thing is like he made it into pop culture. Yes, like exactly. It, it, yes, one hundred pop culture. Like yeah, Carrie Von Eric and the the Von Eric family were rock stars in Texas. Like they right. would sell out like uh the you know auditoriums down there and stuff. And wrestling was huge down in the south, but up in New York, when you go when you're in the New York area, I mean he's in you know uh, Connecticut, Stanford, but you know that New York territory it was called because they were so huge in the eighties and, and everything mm-hmm. in that tri-state area specifically too. Like, yeah, it was huge. Madison square garden was their back backyard. Um, it was the home of WWE as well as, you know, the Knicks and, and, and a million different artists that would play there. It was like a Mecca. Um, and, it, and New York is a Mecca of WWE. It's a Mecca of wrestling. Like you talk Don Morocco and like all those legendary matches, you know, Snuka and, you know, Snuka and steamboat and all those guys, like, they had their biggest and best matches in a WWE format, you know, at the time, WWF. Right. Um, and that's a great way to put it. Like Vince made it corporate. Vince made it into pop culture along with people like Hogan and Mach and, and warrior, you know, those guys brought it to, they pretty much like were the kiss of rock and roll. You know, they, yeah. Yeah. It was it was face paint. It was loud, boisterous, flamboyant. It was over the top. It was a spectacle. It wasn't just like hard nosed, gritty wrestling down. And no, no, no right. disrespect to that because that's where my my half of my bread is buttered. The other half is, you know, the fluffer nutter that is um that is WWE and the spectacle right. and the sports yeah. entertainment. No, yeah, they it made it into a whole entertainment because. Even before, it was a lot of Greco-Roman kind of performances. It was more like on the mat kind of. Well, and then yeah, in the seventies, it, it was it was a brawler type style, like old, right. you know, uh, you know uh, a, a true fighting style. And then you know you have that brawling style come in from the AWA and Vern Gagne because that's where Hogan came from, and a lot of yeah. guys came in from there in the Minnesota territory from the Gagnes. Um, but you know, when Vince kind of like cherry picked from other territories and brought in different kind of guys, he brought in, you know, Samoans from uh, Samoan wrestlers. He brought in, you know, Hogan from AWA. He, you know, he brought in, he brought in Mach. He brought in the Canadians. He brought Canadian, he brought the best Canadian wrestlers of all time working with Stu Hart and brought down Brett and Owen and all and Dynamite Kid and all these guys. And, And, you know, that you know, uh, the Dynamite Kid was British, but he, you know, we worked in the the Canadian right. territory and Canadian Stampede. But that's he brought he made a conglomeration of all those territories, and eventually, you know, he he just abolished those territories because then it became two places to pretty much work. Once you got into the late eighties, yeah. early nineties, it was you're either going to work in WCW or you're going to work in or WCW was more was more pro wrestling and then Vince was still pro wrestling at the time, but it was building to what sports entertainment would be. Right. But even Vince's influence and ideas, I mean, WCW just took it 
and did their own thing with it, right? It wasn't like WCW was original, and and it wasn't like Eric Bischoff like yeah. thought of that, right? He like took the format of what Vince was. He doing was the first one to truly because Vince had already. That's the thing. Vince had already blew up in the mid mid in the Hogan era. You know the gold sure, the golden sure. era. So yeah. Hogan was in movies and like he they had these larger than life stars. No holds bar. Yes, Kurt Fuller. No hold. No holds bar. <laughs> Kurt Fuller, ready to retro alumni. Um, you know, and then Bischoff was the first guy that said, "I'm gonna start stealing your guys that you made into yeah. larger than life stars, and I'm gonna make them. I'm gonna let them be real. I'm not gonna name them Diesel like he's a big truck driver and Razor Ramon like he's a fake Chicano. I am going to make them real." And I'm going to make wrestling real. And I'm going to call you out on a weekly basis. I'm going to reveal your match results because you got a pre-taped show. And Bischoff, you know, challenged Vince to the point where Vince, they were pulling. This is a true story. Bruce Pritchard, who is, uh, you know, uh, one of the talent creation, one of the head of talent. Like he worked there for years during the golden era with, with Briscoe and Patterson and Vince and all those guys and Cornette. Um, he told the story when they came into Titan Towers and took the water jugs out of there because Vince was cutting costs in the new generation era when, you know, their top stars were like Luger, who was on his way out to WCW, Bam Bam right. Bigelow, Doink the Clown, um, you know, and, and Brett was champion and Brett was kind of left with like, uh, you know, a, a pile of crap in his lap. What was that, like 90? Like 93, 93, 94. Okay. 93, because 93, okay. the first big deflection was Lex. Right. When Lex right. appeared over in WCW at um the first, I believe, if I remember correctly, it was the first Nitro at the Mall of okay. America in Minnesota. Minnesota, huh. AWA country, Vern Gagne. Right. Um, right. And Bischoff came out of that too. Bischoff was from Detroit, I think, but he, he was involved with Vern Gagne and all that stuff before he went to WCW. But yeah, I mean, he challenged him and Vince not only rose to the occasion, uh, he demolished WCW. I mean, that partially had to do with WCW just having no real, no structure that could work in a corporate way. And Vince surpassed the Hogan era. I mean, you can say what you want. I mean, Hogan is the Hogan is the, the biggest, you know, star that wrestling ever produced. But Stone Cold sold more T-shirts than, and still to this day, like you'll see some Hulkamania shirts there. You see a whole lot more Austin 316 shirts. He is Austin. It's, I mean, Austin is the, in my eyes, like, uh, I mean, without Hogan, it's like saying like, if if Hogan's the Beatles, Austin is the Stones and Led Zeppelin. Yeah. In my eyes. That's a a good, that's a good comp. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like there, yeah, there is no Stone Cold without Hogan. There's no Hogan without Vince. You know. Yeah, I mean uh, Hogan. Hogan definitely would not have been Vince. No. And that, I think it's it, times have changed, and Vince hasn't always changed. He's always been steadfast. But without Vince, there's not a there's not a lot of this. You know, it's, no, it's, there's, it, no. it's all him. Like it's and I, yeah, it's a lot of other people, but it's it's he's the catalyst. It's his baby. He's yeah, the he's catalyst. the baby. It's 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 his he's the archetype yeah just he, he yeah uh, i do want to talk about wrestlemania one but guys that revolutionized professional wrestling forever and yep. that was like vince's you know um 
idea. That was his concept, and it was this idea of bringing everything of pop culture and everything that was popular at the time into sports, wrestling, sports entertainment, whatever, um, r- r- professional wrestling. Yeah. So, you know, it's 1985. Hulk, uh, Hulk Hogan is on top, right? He's he's peaking, but you have Mr. T, you have Cindy Lauper. Yeah. Like, he brought in so uh, many... Yes, he and he brought it, and like people were like, "Oh, what is this thing? What is professional wrestling?" And it started to morph. And you can't uh, talking about Vince's legacy. Like I think as a person, and I don't know him personally, but like all the stories, you just kind of assume he's there's some scummy things behind it, you know, to the point where like a few years ago he broke up, you know, American Alpha, which I freaking loved on NXT. And he takes Jason uh, Jordan, who is an African American, and puts him in the storyline with Kurt Angle. And you know, uh, Jordan's dad is Kurt Angle, or uh, J- uh, Jason Jordan is the son of Kurt Angle because Kurt Angle was into um, black women, and Vince thought that was funny. So let's make that a story. Like that's the kind of egregious, like awful things that see, that's like in Vince. So, you know, but see, it's like, I think but a lot of that stuff is overblown to an extent. Like I definitely okay. think there is some of that, like that, like cringy, like eyebrow raising stuff. Cause Vince is, I mean, it's been reported like Vince wanted to have an incest angle with his son and daughter and wanted, wanted the like illegitimate who, who, who wants that though? Yeah. like who wants this? it's like, like i think what you is get, wrong with you i think and people that i've heard people explain like the insiders that have spent time in cars riding with vince and late nights like bruce pritchard bruce pritchard's podcast those first like probably 30 episodes are insane insights into vince mcmahon that i think people just have not <laughs> okay i haven't listened to that because i don't know if i want to <laughs> I think it's great because it really Should it, I? Okay. It humanizes Vince in a way that okay. nothing else ever has because okay. he has That's said it. And this was before Pritchard came back to WWE. Mm. But Stephanie had fired Pritchard in like 2008. And that's a great story right, too. Right. And if you listen to his yeah. podcast, you'll be able to find that. But in the way Vince has been described is he lives in a fantasy world of WWE it's his carnival and he is the head carny. He is the ring man. He is the Barnum and Bailey's like top hat wearing like king of the circus. And in his, his world, life. yes, his whole life has been a, a wrestling circus and he's tried to make it. It's so funny though. Cause I think he's almost like, he's almost pulled like a, the wool of the wool over people's eyes when he went corporate, because ultimately you can call it rest, sports entertainment. You can be a publicly traded company. But at the end of the day, it's carny as shit. It's it's circus yeah. is shit. Like still traveling towns, like you know what I mean? It's 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 still as carny as ever, even even though he tries to paint it as it's not, he's like, I don't like using pro wrestling, pal. Like right. the whole thing is he know I think he is more self-aware than people give him credit for, but also I think he's in some instances he's not really aware because he's just stuck in the circus. So in his mind, mm. what's entertainment? What's wild and crazy? Yeah. And the incest angle, like that he was going to film with it, like his daughter, where he was like, he was the father of Stephanie's. Like, it's so like, to me and you were like, Oh my, that's so twisted. Why would you even joke about that? That's but, not entertaining. But for me, like, he's like, ah, it's, it's great. 
like uh he just i think he is he's one of those guys that like he's like an andy warhol he is like those guys that are so eccentric but he's dressed as like a corporate suit wearing dude yeah but he is like an insane artist that's all he's thinking about is how can everything make it's his life it's been his life yeah yeah, that gets dangerous. You know? Oh, it has gotten dangerous. Clearly, we've yeah. gotten to yeah. the point. Like it got it de- very dangerous. Yeah. Um, let's let's talk about our favorite Vince moments, please. Oh God, there's a lot. Okay, like our personal, just off the top. You go. You I'll go start. first. Yeah. I'll start. Okay, so I was, I didn't really get the whole corporate Vince at. I was like at the end of that. Okay. Right. Like, um. He took a back seat. Like I, I didn't watch it with Stone Cold versus Vince, so I don't have all those memories. Um, where like you know Stone Cold busts in the hospital bed and hits him over with the urinal. But what I'll, I, I knew all that because I did my homework, and you know my my friend Hayden told me. But I will never forget WrestleMania 17 and watching Stone Cold and Vince McMahon shake hands in the <laughs> ring and make that alliance. Yeah. Like, I know, I know, I didn't live through that, but just the fact that, like, oh my god, the like, what just happened? Yeah, Vince just screwed the Rock, and even that match between Shane McMahon and Vince, not terrible. No, like, no, Shane could work. It, Shane could work his ass off. <laughs> yeah, totally. So there's that totally comes to mind, and there's that one, and then um, the Alliance. Like, yeah. I, I always say this. Winner takes all. Yeah. Winner, winner, winner takes like the the, the promo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Always like repeated it, and yeah. I always like randomly I'll just say winner takes all. Winner, winner takes all. But that as a kid watching the alliance and not knowing, you know, because I'm still thinking it's real. I'm like 11, 12. I don't know kayfabe. I don't know all that stuff. I don't know. I'm like, is it scripted? I don't like. I don't really want to go there. But um. Yeah, just that whole alliance angle, oh, yeah. and it's him versus his kids, and I loved it. I loved it. Like I, I haven't gone back to watch it and stuff, but I just remember it was awesome to see, you know, the alliance WCW ECW against you know Vince McMahon's WWE, and I just remember my buddies and I we just cheered so much when WWE won. We're like, yes, you know, like because. I love The Rock, and The Rock was Team WWE, so I was like, I get yeah. to watch The Rock more. So those are the two things that immediately come in mind. For me, the Vince stuff starts early, and it's so funny because once he actually came on screen for the Vince McMahon character, not Vince McMahon the person, but Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon, the character. Right, right. Before that, I knew him as the announcer because I was watching all those old tapes. <laughs> Jesse right. the Body Ventura, look at this, McMahon. <laughs> Like, you know, like, right. and, and McMahon was like the straight, like color com guy. Um, right. and, uh, you know, to me it was, it was funny. Cause Vince seemed like the guy, you know, like, a, like a Michael Cole, when I first like was in, introduced to like who the character of Vince McMahon was and you're like, Oh, okay. This guy owns the company, but he's also doing like the commentary for the Coliseum videos. McMahon, you're as fruity as you are on screen as you are off. Like, <laughs> no one. Jesse the body was talking to him like that and he was just kind of like yeah. bullied by Ventura and Vince had a great commentary voice people forget like how great he was on commentary he was so fun to no, watch. he's solid he was solid I I listened to the stuff 
in just certain matches and and he's commentary what i'm on over like all the like you know he just uh he was great um but when my favorite vince moments i got i'll go with i'll say three so my first one was when austin kidnapped him and vince was in the wheelchair and austin's like hauling him around all raw and stuff and he brings up yeah and like i said we laugh and we're like how insane is that like as kid as a kid you believe that oh my god austin has vince in the ring right now honest needs and austin's got a gun i remember watching that with my hands on my head like oh my god he's and like you know i'm it was like 98, 99. Like, I'm pretty That's sure it was crazy that that was on TV. My, that was on live TV. My hands were on my head. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to kill Vince in the ring. I can't watch Vince McMahon die in the ring because I was literally <laughs> to the point. I was to the point where I was just like, oh, my God, I love Austin, but you've gone too far. Like, don't kill him. Like, <laughs> and then the bang 316. Dude, the attitude era was insane. I, it, like. He shoots him. The little flag comes down and says "Bang 316." Yeah, bang, and Vince yeah. pisses his pants and falls over at the right. thing. And then he says, yeah. "McMahon 316 says I'll just piss you up my pants." Like that shit. Like and then when that happens and Vince doesn't kill him in your 10, 11 year old right. mind, and Vince doesn't kill him and Vince pees his pants, you're like, I, I remember like, <laughs> it was every Monday, right? Yeah, and it's, it, it, it's all the Attitude Era Vince stuff, like especially when it got revealed that he was the higher power of the undertaker's ministry that like kidnapped Stephanie and stuff like the, right. my, a friend, a friend of mine who was my uh, guitar player in all my high school bands. And he was my best friend in high school. He used to always say, it was me, Austin. It was me. all along." <laughs> like he always used to do that. Um, so like, that, like, dude, that was like, we're like, we were like 10 years past like the attitude era and we would be like, he would be like tuning his guitar before the show. And he would just look over me, like shoot me a look and he'd go, it was me, Austin. It was me all along. <laughs> like, that's like, it's a, a, ingrained in our lives. And right. like, I guess another Vince Mo, I got, I'll say. Oh, I got, I got one more, but go, go for it. Go for it. Uh, the, uh, the, like when Vince was the ECW champ in 2006 i think it was and he was like the g'd out like vince and i sent you the (laughs) the one yesterday i say that like all the time to like my like eric and and like i always go what up g like (laughs) like that like what's up home it's like with the do-rag on it's so bad and like those like those like versions of vince where he's like got the do-rag on and like just i didn't watch it during then that's when i stopped watching but uh there's some gold there's some gold memes there it's so good um okay (laughs) it it actually this is almost a compliment but remember when Vince was in the limo and it blew up. Yeah, that and, was like, dude. He that died. was the last like, that was the last like episode before the Benoit stuff, and they had to like well, a- annex it. Yeah, no, I thought it was wasn't it around uh nine eleven? No, no. So this no, was, oh, guys, the Benoit stuff. Yeah, okay. The, so like, I'm mixing my memories up. Okay. Uh, there might have been something else going on at, at the time for nine eleven that was like related, like that seemed similar, but. No, that stuff happened, and Vince had to come on screen before they even knew like what happened with the Benoit situation. Okay, I'm mixing up. I thought it was around the 9/11 stuff. Okay, and he rolled out. You know, they he blew up in the limo or whatever, and they were doing they were going to do a funeral for Vince and the whole thing. Yeah, (laughs) 
and uh you know it probably would have been hilarious and i they might even got to the point because i'm trying to remember you're talking 15 years ago now but uh and then they had to cut it obviously because vince cut it you know a promo and a tribute night to benoit before they knew the details of what happened but, right 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 but if someone you know like I, I hate to be the one to be like, you should listen to this podcast because this one episode, but that Pritchard podcast is great because he tells this Vince story. Whenever anybody says Vince to me, this is the story from the podcast with Pritchard. This is probably like 2016 when that podcast first started. I always think about okay. this one because it, to me, it truly like let me into the mind of Vince McMahon. And this is a, obviously like a third hand story I'm telling, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Cause it's fun. <laughs> so like, they, you know, in the Attitude Era, Gerald Briscoe and Pat Patterson were like Ben or Ben, uh, were Ben or Vin Vince McMahon's like, like Goonies, like it, it was yeah, like his, yeah. you know, sidekick uh, right. office. Uh, they were like the Three Stooges. Yeah, exactly. They were yeah. called the Stooges, the Office Stooges or whatever. But like they were really, they were like bookers and talent guys, so they were riding with Vince. So if I, if I'm not mistaken, it was it was Gerald Briscoe, Pat Patterson. Vince and Bruce Pritchard in a car. And I'm pretty sure that they were driving to um they were driving to I can't remember that or uh, that that uh venue in New York and it's it's not the garden, it's somewhere else. Um they used to do all the raws there and they did the raw 25th anniversary. Right. I'm I'm blanking too. It's a smaller venue, but yeah, but you the, should know you're the New York guy. I know I'm, bl- I'm blanking <laughs> completely on it. I'm gonna Google it, but um but they uh it's it's really irritating me i'm gonna have to look it up but i'll I'll look it up i'll look it up so anyway so they tell this story about how they're they're like running kind of behind and vince is driving Mm -hmm. and they're going over one of the bridges in new york and i can't remember what they said it was maybe it was the brooklyn bridge it might have been the brooklyn bridge to get crossing over to go towards you know madison square garden but they told this hilarious story. There's a crazy torrential downpour and it was raining and it was like, it was crazy rain. And Vince is like, for some Pritchard described it as like the cars, all the cars like kind of slowly disappearing on the bridge. And it was just like a few cars on there and the car that they were driving, which is probably like a Lincoln continental. And Vince turns the wipers off and is like slowly increasing speed and turns the wipers off. And they said that Vince slowly turned his head to everyone in the car and goes, <laughs> and like did a maniacal laugh. And like, to me, that completely as much as all the horror stories I hear of Vince and all the, like the stuff that you're like, Oh my God, this guy is a scuzz bucket. And I'm yeah. pretty sure, I'm sure it's like split. No one's a perfect person. He's probably made some, did some heinous stuff that we probably don't know about, but I mm. think without knowing anything for sure, without throwing him and putting him on a cross and completely, everyone has amazing things to say about him and everyone has completely deplorable things to say about him. But that to me kind of in, in, but that story embodies to me what I think Vince McMahon truly is. He's the kid. He's a big (laughs) kid. Yeah. He's a big kid. And you know what kids do? They make a lot of effed up decisions and they do a lot of messed up stuff. And I think he never, I don't think he ever grew up. And I think that's why he's been perfect for that position of running the ultimate circus. Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's a great, 
input. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, two two last memories for me. So nine eleven, right? Like everything's shut down in the United States, everyone's grieving, but they went on with SmackDown like days after, yeah. right? Yeah. And no, I just it was remember- it was it was then I think it yeah it was two days later because it was Thursday days, night yeah. and they went live. It was right, the first nine eleven happened on a Tuesday. It was the first yeah. live event. That's the importance of wrestling to me. It was the first live event after nine eleven, mm-hmm. and still like you know the embers are still burning. In New York, you know, like like it, it, everything is just in crumbles. We're shaking as a nation. We don't know what the future. And you know, kudos to Vince for br- making that moment, not just about wrestling, but bringing some kind of sense of healing for our nation. And I just remember, like, when Lillian Garcia sang the national anthem, and the entire talent is on the Titan Tron on the ramp and stuff. And how powerful that was. Like, I remember being 9-11. So I was 11. Yeah, I was 11. Um, just, like, I remember I was sh- shooken up in that moment, right? And you had Vince in the, like. Yeah, everyone was. The, like, in the front. And, you know, was, and that whole show was just, like, here's a sense of normalcy. Here's a sense of, like, this This is, this is like, um, it was healing. I'll just put it that way. It was, just, it was like, a healing moment. And the fact that it was two days after nine 11 where everything was shutting down, everything. everything was getting canceled. It was, it was reminiscence of, of the pandemic, but um, even more so. So that was a really powerful moment. And then the other thing is I used to have an action figure uh, of Vince McMahon and he was in this gray suit. I, I know his, exactly what one you're talking about. <laughs> his face does not look like him. And he's got this black uh, hair. That's a slick Flick back. back. Yeah. And I used to, ha- yep. yeah, I used to have a Titan Tron. And it had, the foot, have... it had the little foot thing where you ran his foot across. And... Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes, yep. yes. I, I think I still have it somewhere in my garage. But there's the, the images of different um, the faces of the wrestlers superstars. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then it had Vince McMahon. And like, no chance. This yeah. is what you got, you know. So it was fun. Like, I just remember, like, having Vince. And I used to have a ring. I used to have, like, 30 wrestlers and stuff at the time. I was really into it. And I used to do my own little pay-per-views i'm like 11 12 um probably the last age that i'm gonna be playing with uh toys but i just remember i started every pay-per-view with like vince mcmahon it's coming and I out remember i yeah yeah and he's like all right you know and i would say it out loud and then the audience would be like my power ranger toys or my ninja turtle toys and stuff like that so <laughs> it was just like it was fun i i i had 
a lot of great memories. And I remember, I'll just, I don't know when I'll have an opportunity, but I remember on each box for Jack Specific, which was the production company, they, they made the toys. Yeah. Um, used to have like these little serial numbers and stuff. And I remember you sent in enough, you got like an exclusive Lita action figure. <laughs> and I remember I got it. And she didn't even come like in a box or anything. She didn't have her own. She just came in like in a wrapped like bubble wrap, right? Like in a package. But I just remember that. Like I remember I was like, I accomplished something. Like I have Lita, an exclusive <laughs> Lita. So, um, yeah. Any other last memories that comes to mind about Vince? Because uh, I, I do want to talk briefly about where does where do you think the WWE goes from here? So one last one, but before that, yeah, Manhattan Center. That what it was called. And yeah, you, okay. You're familiar with it that, once you see it. Like, that's where the Barkley is now, right? No, no, because they oh, actually okay. they ran simultaneously. Um, because Brooklyn is not in Manhattan; they're separate. But right, right, right. That right, 25th right, right. anniversary, though. Like they did at Barclays, but they were cutting over to the Manhattan. That's Center. right. Okay, because I was I remember it was yeah. At Barclays. They were they okay, were cutting so, over to okay. the Manhattan Center. Um, right. For like That's you know they were doing like the ECW stuff. Uh, they did no. That was um in Philly. That was uh, Philly. That, but what what I thought they were doing like some kind of they did so they did do some uh ECW stuff back there in the day um a while ago or you know back then but right. that was like okay. the homestead of that's where they would film raw when raw first started in in 93 they'd film all the raws there right and that's when they had like yeah. dx come out and stuff okay yep. yeah so like, there's so many memories with wrestling and oh, sometimes yeah. they kind of all melt you know melt together and stuff but um I, yeah i'm gonna share that same uh sediments you did about the 9-11 that was i mean that one uh, without getting into a big diatribe, that Lillian Garcia um, anthem is probably, in my eyes, and I'm probably biased because I'm a wrestling fan, that was the best um, national anthem version of a, at a live event that I've ever seen or witnessed. Um, I'm sure people would name a million different ones, but Lillian Garcia, like, crying during it, like, and say what you want, after that happened, like, America, like, had to unite and at a fir the first live event was a wrestling event, which is a right. new a company that's considered the New York Territory, Vince and everyone. And I can't remember where they were. They weren't in New York, obviously, but um, it was it was insane because Vince came out and made like a little speech. Yeah, and it was powerful. You know, I remember Vince, it was, like, like powerful. I mean, as far as like the entertainment world and stuff, and like besides like having like like Bush or someone else, like talk about like, the attacks and stuff. You could say like, you could say what you want, like about like, oh yeah, like Bush said something, you know, these terrorists are going to come to like whatever. But like for me, for someone who was 13 at the time, I remember it. And I remember watching SmackDown because I was just like, you wanted to get some kind of normal, you're going to watch wrestling. And then just watching that and like Vince, Vince brought like at least for me like to in my eyes Vince brought like the nation together as that was like there was no sporting events up until in those two days it was it yeah. was WWE and like for me that was like when normalcy like started to return because that day and a half before that and you're just like oh my god this is like yeah. I it was unprecedented I've never seen anything like it not in my lifetime yeah um not until 2020 <laughs> um but that was, uh, I think that says a lot about the importance of WWE, WWF, Vince, and wrestling as a whole. Totally. 
And I was just looking it up. I guess there's a documentary on the network called Never Forget. And oh, really? It. Yeah, I didn't realize that. No, I didn't so either. I gotta check. I gotta check that out. Um, wow. Yeah, and I just remember like once it went to break. I just remember like the entire stadium was chanting USA. Oh yeah. And then they and they did some. They did like a, a zoom out, and it was just like. It kind of faded into commercial. It just, it gave you goosebumps. And, and listen, is- listen, without cutting a, a, a Jim Duggan USA promo right now, um, <laughs> there's a lot of division. I mean, this is I sound like every talking head, like douche politician ever, but like there's a lot of division and there's a lot of like stupid people in this country. They sometimes it feels like they outweigh the smart people and they out the bad people outweigh the good. And I think that, and you, and you know, it's funny, Max, you, you and I were t- texting earlier and we were just talking about like good, doing good stuff. And I had mentioned something to you. I'd said something to you and you had said something like, I'm just trying to, you know, you know, do, do some, you know, do something that's not bad and something that's not negative, you know, do some positive. Just try, to, just try to do good in this world. And you know what? You could say whatever you want in that moment though, but everyone had a, I think I had their hearts in the right place. And for it to be on Vince in that company to do that and for the country as divided it is, as it is now, I think back to like, I don't, I, I think it's only as divided as politicians let us lead it, lead it to believe. There's and I think there are, there is a division, but I think there's more common ground than people will ever realize because they won't let other people talk. Um, but yeah, I mean, that I I mean I I remember 13 years old I'm a, like a wrestling fan like I'm just getting into like hardcore music and I was already like into punk and stuff like that so I was trying to be like this tough little you know four, 13 year old kid or whatever I fucking I could not keep tears out of my eyes watching after Lillian Garcia finished that anthem yeah and I I have the memory that like my dad was watching it with me and he didn't really watch wrestling with me but I have a feeling like I I, I remember I wasn't watching that by myself that's you know comes to my memory. But uh, it was, yeah, September 13th on a Thursday at the Compact Center in Houston. Yeah, Houston. So, yeah, I would love to watch that documentary. Yeah, about I, I, honestly, I, that might be something I'm going to throw on later. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's talk briefly. Where does the WWE go from now? Because, it, like we mentioned, it's been decades. Decades, decades, decades. Four, four decades. Vince is, yeah, More. that Vince has been the helm. Vince has had the last say you know the buck stopped with him for 40 years yep stephanie and triple h are now in control so what what do you think we could expect from wwe so i mean triple h paul Levesque just had that like cardiac event last year and since then he had pulled back from all of his stuff and he went back to like nothing he was completely out he had dropped all positions and announced like two days ago he is back in every position he had plus more he is an wow. executive vice president. He is a head of talent relations or, or, or whatever. And like, he's got a million different titles again and he's back into the fold mm-hmm. staff who was announced about six weeks before this came out about a month ago, mm-hmm. Steph had been more or less demoted and said, yeah. you know, and she said, put out a statement. I'm going back to spend time with my kids and step away from WWE for a while Fast forward weeks later, Trips and Steph are back in power. 
they pulled the Tom Brady. I want to spend some time with my kids. Yeah. And like, nah, I don't want to spend time with my kids. I'm going to go back to work. And I'm going to tell you right now, I didn't watch SmackDown last night, but I'm going to tell you. And I, I watched Raw when Cody came back. Yeah. And that was the first Raw I had watched since before AEW. I watched Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I watched okay. the the match between Cody and, and Seth Rollins. That was yeah, I first watched that. WWE. Thing oh yeah, I watched that was the first the WWE thing I had watched. Set, well, I watched that WrestleMania because there was all the rumors Cody was going to debut, and I watched right, Cody right. debut, and Cody brought me there. Yeah. Um, but I have not. I, I visit. I watched that SmackDown when Vince came out after all the hush money allegations came out about mm-hmm. six weeks mm-hmm. ago or so, mm-hmm. and. And then I didn't return after that. I was like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, it's, he just came out there to try to shake his stick. But I think it's exciting. I think as much as I, I, Vince McMahon's the greatest wrestling promoter that ever lived. I think a change was has been needed for ten years. I think that's why at guys least, at least I think that's why guys like CM Punk are no longer there amongst other reasons. Daniel Bryan isn't there. John Moxley, you know, formerly Dean Ambrose. I think that's why a lot of those guys and I, that's why Jericho's not there. Jericho's arguably yeah. on the Mount Rushmore of a lot of people's stuff now because he has had such he's a, 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 yeah. a, a he's one of the greatest of all time, but um and now it's really interesting because in my eyes I see a company like AEW is developing real problems with their storytelling. I think they have a lot of great things. And I think that's a lot of, it's a, it's a great thing that there's that alternative. And I was really high on AEW for the first year and a half, two years. And for me, they've hit some lulls and that may be due to some injuries too, but they've hit some, they've hit a wall booking, I think in my eyes. So in my eyes, this is a great opportunity for eight, for WWE to really come back in a way that they've never come back ever or had to come back and i think this is a proving ground not for triple h and and just stephanie i think this is a proving ground for talent okay you said vince handcuffed you and you felt handcuffed by everyone and you couldn't do anything and you had to read scripts you know what i would say there's one writer for everyone and guess what? You can put in what you want. It has to be approved by the writer and me. If I'm Steph and Nick Khan, Nick Khan, no relation to Tony, is the other co-CEO, right. which he has moved in. And like people have just, since they brought him in, they were cutting talent left and right since the pandemic and getting rid of a lot of executives. So I think he is definitely behind a lot of this. He may even be behind, you know, possibly. I mean, my theory, I think, I think Stephanie and a couple other people knew Vince would never step down. So they're like, Let's get beef on my father, Nick Khan. Let's do it. I'm going to step back and everything. And guess what? Push him to the brink where he he has to step down. And Stephanie went from, I'm going to step back away from everything to, yeah, I'll come back and be interim CEO and now be co-CEO with Nick Khan. Now, this is an opportunity for all those talent that think that they were slighted and, and and couldn't do something in WWE. And I believe that. But now's your time. If you, if yeah. you loosen the chains on some of these people that have supposedly been chained to not having success, let it loose a little. Not as many scripts. Go out there. Prove what you're worth. Let's let's really destroy them in numbers and, and take some of their hardcore fans away from AEW. Let's see what you're worth now. Yeah. No, it's I, – I didn't think about it, but 
Yeah, AEW is in a very interesting spot I'm, because I'm worried they, if I'm them in some aspect. A, a little bit because everyone's saying, "Okay, I will not work for Vince. I will oh. not work for Vince ever again." Well, Vince isn't there, but you know what else is in WWE? The money, right? Like so much more money than AEW can possibly do. Um, you know, the exclusive rights. That is a thing, and and some wrestlers just won't do that because they have allegiance to other nations and other you know uh, promotions and things like that. But when you talk about money and you know, for all I've heard is people love working for Triple H at NXT. Yeah, he. And I mean, there isn't there's a handful of people that do not like him, and they're usually bigger stars that he had issues with, CM Punk and a couple other guys. But I mean, all the NXT. I mean, I think Triple H, in my eyes, Triple H has, has done more outside of the ring than he has inside of the ring. Ooh, that, it's argued, you could argue that, but yeah, definitely. NXT? Uh, maybe, yeah, Legacy, but that was one of my biggest reasons why I stopped watching WWE, is because I loved the revival, and then they go on to the, the main roster, and they're not even on the card. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, to me, yeah. the revival is like one of the best talents tag team they're the best tag team in the united states right now i mean they're probably arguably the best tag team in the world right now in my eyes yeah and and five years ago four years ago they were still at like prime uh athleticism i think they're kind of you know kind of they're like closer to 40 now so they're kind of going down a little bit as far as athletic i think i think you gotta you gotta tune into some of those matches they've had though i think they had i think they've just entered their prime man Really? It's okay. not it's I, not like I, it yeah. was it's not like it was back in the day when Mosh no. turned 40. Vince didn't want to put him on the show anymore. He said That's you're going to do commentary. 40 yeah. now? Dude, Jericho's 52. <laughs> That's true. But I I'm, I'm just talking about kind of like the the antics and things like like when they would go underneath the ring and Yeah, like, yeah. No, that the, I miss the, that the kid, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like they were shaped on their main roster they were shaving each other's backs like getting caught like by the Usos and stuff. Like right. I think stupid. I think that stuff now that the big kid is out of the, out of the creative chair, because Vince yeah. has had a creative. I mean, you could say anybody, you could say Pritchard was, or, or, or he has the final or, say it, it's all through Vince. So now it's not all through Vince. And guess right. what? Like they wanted to call Adam Cole, Butch, yeah. right? Like he's like, <laughs> do you want to, do you want to know something interesting? When Vince <laughs> stepped down and Stephanie became interim CEO, guess what? Cena had his 20th celebration for raw. I don't think Vince reaches out to AEW the way Steph or someone else, whoever it was, mm. reached out to them and said, okay, mm. Daniel Bryan, um, Daniel mm. Bryan and Big Show and whatever. Yeah, mm. you guys can, he got, re- they got reached out. He reached that out to Tony Khan and said, yeah. can you do that? I didn't think I would see a bunch of AEW, no. current AEW guys on WWE no television. I mean, we saw Jericho do Austin's podcast, but that's also Jericho and Austin, two of the biggest stars ever. What's Vince going to say? Right. No to Austin? Like, but I didn't think I would see that. And you saw that when Vince stepped out of the. So, so what else are we going to see? I I, apparently Xavier yeah. Woods dropped IWGP and um, ROH dropped the names last night in the comment when he was doing commentary last night, apparently. The forbidden door has you want, been open. You want to talk about the real forbidden door? Let Stephanie and Nick Khan start really cutting some cheese with Tony Khan and sit around a fucking charcuterie board. And get it going. That would be amazing. That, that you, would, want, you want the both companies to prosper 
and go, you want people to go crazy. You want people, you want to really outdo the attitude era. Let's get Seth Rollins versus John Moxley in like, some- I was, I was going to say Reigns and Moxley both having the belt right oh, now. Yeah. I mean, that, come on. Well, I sign me up. Imagine I, that though. I, yeah. CM Punk versus Cody. Yeah. I still have a theory yeah. that Cody, Cody and Tony Khan agreed that Cody was going to leave to go over to WWE and try to work all that out. And I think it's, yeah. I think it's interesting. And I think yeah. this is my, I think, I think Cody knew that they were going to push Vince out. I think he had insider. This is my really crazy theory. I think <laughs> Cody knew that they were going to push Vince out somehow. I think he agreed with Tony Khan not to resign. He was going to go over there, work, get, start getting in the ears of people really play as like a, like a, an, uh, a, a conduit between AEW and WWE. And I think this is all work. I think it was planned. I think, cause you know, you, you definitely are a wrestling fan. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ultimate, like everything's work. Everything. Every, everything's work. Everything's caping. Uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. No, but I was just thinking, we were talking about the alliance. Like, AEW versus WWE. Uh, you have Reigns versus Moxley. Champion versus champion. Yeah. That would just... And if somehow Mox won, that would just be, you know... I. Because that would be the biggest shock of you want to listen, listen. You want to really mix it up. You want Vince to. You want Vince's legacy to get even bigger. You want to know what you do? You bring Vince out on fucking dynamite one night. <laughs> what happens? The world would. Ex- the world would like yeah. wouldn't know what to do. Can you imagine? If Tony Khan's like, there's a new general manager of Dynamite. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like back in like, the day when, when Bischoff came back to Raw. Oh, yeah. Stuff. yeah. That would yeah, put that to shit. Can you imagine if they did? I mean, Vince is 77, so I think he's truly just done. But can you imagine if Tony Khan's like, there's a new executive at AEW? Like, it, there's no, like, it would be so funny. Just bring him in as a talent and just do that. Right. Like, that would be insane. Do it for That'd a month. Insane. Do it for a That'd month. Be insane. I don't see Vince doing that. No, that no, I, I don't at all either, but I also never insane. say never. Yeah. So I, you know, NXT was great when Triple H had full control. And then now, I don't know, like, I've watched some clips and stuff. I don't like the new color scheme and stuff. But They anyways, got away. When- you want to know what, though? NXT was cool because it felt like pro wrestling again. Yeah, it felt like the, it was indies. It was yes. the indies. It's what was good. And then Vince brought it 
or Vince got control of it and it became, you know, sports entertainment. But uh, as we end this bonus episode of Vince McMahon, uh, just final thoughts on Vince's time as chairman of WWE and, um, yeah, anything else you want to say as your final thoughts? Larger than life. Vince was larger than life, and he made a company that became larger than life. He made, you know, it's it's ingrained in pop culture. Vince McMahon is, you know... What Michael Jackson is to pop music, Vince is to wrestling. Mm-hmm. You you may not always prefer it. You, there may be controversy. Michael Jackson has controversy. Is it true? Is it false? We don't know. You know, or at least, you know, people have their opinions on whether he was good or he was bad. Same with Vince. I mean, the the bottom line is he's forever. Like he is, Vince is truly for like, you can say what you want about the guy. Like I have my own issues with him as far as like how he's handled things like him being a big baby. Um, But I think he's done a lot of good. I think the very least you can take positives, even from people that have um, issues you have issues with, or that maybe when all said and done, maybe they aren't the best person, but at the, if you're taking positives, he put a lot of money on a lot of people's table. He's done some negative. Uh, you know, there hasn't been insurance for wrestlers. That's still something. There hasn't been insurance for wrestlers. There still isn't. Um, they don't in, pay for travel. In any company. Well, yeah, like uh, Tony Khan, I'm pretty sure pays for all travel. Vince yeah. does not pay for travel. That's when you hear these guys that don't make a million dollars, but they pay for all their travel. They got to have an extensive travel bill. Regardless, without getting into the weeds, he's in Vince is forever. I mean, Vince is forever tied to wrestling he's tied to sports entertainment he's tied to the wwf i mean suffice to say in in 40 years the wwf is still going to be around because the ww wwe um is the nfl of wrestling i mean it's always going to be it's it, it will it will be forever i mean it's what he's done few people have done the guy's a billionaire uh i know billionaires uh are usually seen as pretty evil and i think I think there is good in most people. Some of it, it's really hard to find, but at least with Vince, some of the goods you can really see. There's definitely been wrestlers that he's paid for a lot of rehab for to go multiple times. He has paid wrestlers after like serious injuries. He has, he has kept them on the books. Um, You know, he had paid for Yokozuna's like, uh, all kinds of stuff that Yokozuna went to. I know they've, they've talked about that a million times. Like mm-hmm. he's definitely tried to, I think do right for the most part, but it, at least you can see, that's the thing. <laughs> Compare him to Trump. Not that I want to talk politics or anything like that, right. but let's be real. Trump's a, a goon. You can't, it's really hard to find the good that Trump's done in anything in his personal life, at least with Vince you have people that will true good people that you can probably guarantee or, or decent people say right. Vince has done good. Right. So someone like, like I would say the rock, someone like the rock, yeah, exactly. like I would say like the rock has a good heart, you know, 100%. Um, yeah. So I think, I think there's a lot of good in Vince that gets overshadowed by being, uh, you know, it's gotta be hard to be a, I mean, hard in some aspect. I mean, me and you would take a billion dollars any day, but I imagine being a billionaire and having to make all kinds of decisions is tough, but 
he's forever, man. It's uh, he's the greatest wrestling promoter of all time. Is he the best creative? No, and he'd probably tell you he wasn't the best creative mind either. Um, but definitely creative, created a he bunch. He had of... his moments. Yeah, he has his moments. Yeah. Yep. Uh, but he's forever, man. It's like like him, love him, hate him, dislike him. The guy is uh, the guy's forever, and he he created a lot and gave the fans a lot. Um, no matter where you sit on him or or what allegations are true or not, I mean. Oh, fuck Hitler created the Autobahn. I mean, <laughs> I mean, evil, disgusting, terrible people have done good things. And you kind of just, <laughs> you're kind of torn sometimes on where to sit on them. I mean, it's, 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 it's crazy. That's, um, the, that's the complexity of humanity, right? You ain't kidding. Yeah. Vince is the most complex person probably of all time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, you said it well. And the only thing I'll add is like, you know, his legacy I think as hard as it is to separate, but the legacy, because I don't believe in that. I, I believe you are, you know, what you do is who you are, but he created something that will last for a long time. And he brought it to the highest capability, right? Like the, peak. the attitude era. I don't think wrestling will ever be at that time that height i just it, i'd be surprised it'd be very hard to ever get back yeah. to that but it's also yeah. you know the time too you know the 90s yeah. was the 90s was late 90s late 90s late chaos 90s. chaos yeah. yep changing time yeah so you know vince i mean if if i were to talk to him i'd say hey thank you for bringing a product and thank you for bringing a show that during my adolescence i loved and i connected with my friends about and we played No Mercy. We played WrestleMania 2000. Uh, on Sundays, we would get our money together, allowance together, and, and buy pay-per-views and stuff like that. Um, gone to live events in the past. So it's, it's, it, there's a lot of memories. And, um, yeah, so it, it's, it is an end of an era. I believe that there are some hopeful things at WWE. I think it's going to take a lot for me to watch because – this is hard to watch 10 hours of wrestling every week. I can't, I don't. It got to a point, dude, where I was, I, I remember like, I, I, I remember trying to watch like, even before AEW came around, like when I think WWE almost entered uh, an era where they were almost returning to like maybe their best time in 2016. I think for, for about 13 months, they were amazing in 2000 from 2000 from like, from like when I started watching WWE, I was in and out, in and out, and was pretty much only really paying attention to like what was happening over in New Japan mostly. Um, and I'd watch WWE occasionally, and I pretty much stopped watching it from like I don't know, man, like 2000. Like I was still watching like in 2012, though. I'd say like 13, 14, 15, I was kind of like watching in and out. And when AJ came at the Royal Rumble, I knew he was going to debut. I started paying attention that awesome. and that 2016, we had the cruiserweight classic Jericho was doing the list. Kevin Owens was yeah. like Finn Balor had just come up to the main roster and, and he, they yeah, put yeah. their universal title on him first. And Kevin Owens was hot and Sami Zayn was hot. And I thought they were really going to enter something really cool. And they kind of just backslid out of it. Um, But, and I also compared Vince to like a, a, a very like atrocious dictator. And I feel really bad about that right now, but um, but he's not dead. He's not dead yet. Yeah, true. Uh, but but at the same token, I think I think Vince has done 
probably a lot more. It, it, I'm, this is me hypothesizing. I think he probably has done more good. And like you said, thank you. You would say like, if you ever had an opportunity to meet the guy, you'd probably say thank you for all that you've given as far as entertainment. And I can't, I mean, I think back to it. Like when I think of Vince and I think of like finding wrestling and WWF, uh, I think of my father, you know, watching raw with my father all the time. And like him buying, like, dude, I have a bin of wrestlers somewhere around here. I have some displayed and stuff, but the, the last Christmas gift my father ever gave me was a CM Punk WWF uh, elite action figure. And it was hard to find. It was one for that. He has the urn when he faced Taker at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. And he has the like gray and purple, like mock undertaker yeah. trunks on the last gift. My father ever got me. He went out to a toys R us and like found me a CM Punk figure. Cause he knew I wanted like that figure. And he found it at a, after it had not been around for a while and that was the last gift he got me was a wwf action figure with cm punk it was the last christmas present my father ever gave me and like like i have that like it's it's special wrestling like eric who is et who was on the sight and sound podcast like every week especially recently he's my best friend like we fucking talk about wrestling every single week dude like it's even if we were like disgusted with what's going on and we're not like really into it, like, man, they're really missing the mark on this. I mean, wrestling is so important. A lot of that's due to our love when we fell in love with it with Vince, like all like, you know, it's hundred percent. It's friends, it's family. It's, you know, it's, it's a lot of things tied to wrestling for me. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. It's uh, like I said, like in and out, it's similar to you. Like it's been part of, the larger amount of my life right you know and i i swear i never thought i would get back into it but it was again it was my friend hayden who always was like max come on like yeah i trust trust me trust me you want to be a part of this you know um so i'm thankful for that and i always have those memories and you know um even you know even even to like last month we we got together and watched you know pay-per-view for AEW, and that's just like well dude that's the thing connection point those guys that got on Vince's programs and made their names bigger and worldwide, like CM Punk, who had a terrible falling out with WWF E um, you know, he, he became the PCM Punk name became really popular because of WWE. Like mm-hmm. Vince gave that to us in, in a small way and we're still getting it. And we're still, you know, a lot of those guys that are Chris Jericho too. Like, I mean, he was, he, he was notable in WCW, but he was world champion, first undisputed champion and like all of his great things he did under Vince's watch. So like yep. even the stuff that we're seeing in another company that they're feuding with, like we got it from Vince, like in yep, a, in, even in a small way. Yeah. I mean, even like Cesaro and yeah, you know, all, all these guys who are coming up to AEW. Yeah. They all were all familiar with him because of yep. Vince's wide format. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, good talk. I, I like this bonus content uh, format. No editing for Mac, so that's cool. Just we just cut a big promo it. on about <laughs> Vinny Mac. Super big promo. So, Jesse, again, where can people find your stuff on the interwebs? You can find us uh, on Instagram and Twitter at HeartGuide Media. HeartGuide Media is the name of the quote-unquote company um but the podcast is called sight and sound we do a lot of movies mostly horror but we've done uh we did a fast times at ridgemont high legacy week we just did a metallica top 10 we love that episode i was was listening to that and i'm not you know fully into metallica as you are so as you were 
listing all of the songs, I would stop, listen to it. That's awesome. Then, you know, so it was fun. It was fun. That's awesome. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, we do music episodes, but we're mostly like we're rolling up on five years in a couple weeks. We're gonna hit the five year mark. Congrats, man. We're doing awesome. some uh if anybody listens to this, I'm gonna give them a little sneak peek. We're doing since George Romero and Toby Hooper and George Carpenter and and Wes Craven and all those guys were so influential and it were really the deaths of George and Toby Hooper were so influential that it, it forced me to finally really do the podcast. Uh, we're doing creep show and we're going to do, I haven't decided whether or not we're going to do a commentary. Um, then we're going to do body bags, which is John Carpenter and Toby Hooper, both directed segments in that. And we're going to do deadly friend, which was by Wes Craven. We're going to do all that in a week. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Congrats on the, on five years, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Not, not as consistent. Like there's some years where we'll, where we'll have like 30 episodes. And then like, I think in our first like seven months, I think we had like, we had like over 50. Um, it, it is what it is, man. Yeah. You, you, you do it. What makes sense for you. So you guys are doing great things. And, you know, as, as we come to an end of this bonus episode, talking about you know, the legacy of uh, Vince McMahon. I'm just even thinking of our name, right? Ready to retro. Yeah, I mean, retro. A boxing term, but it's just, it, it was because of my love for, you know, wrestling and even our tag team things, right? Yeah. Like that, our, our faction things exactly. and having you part of it, that's that's all influenced by Vince McMahon. So even this podcast yeah. has that. It's it's ingrained in it. It's, it's in there. Totally. Without it really being um, intentional. Yeah. It's just there, so. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to this bonus episode of Ready to Retro. Uh, I, If you're listening to this currently as it drops, I know that TMNT month has been not as many episodes. We'll get into that. We've had some rescheduling, but uh, we're going to kick things off next month with Power Rangers. Uh, Joey and I from Ninja Turtles, we're still trying to do some Ninja Turtle content. So stay tuned, but I uh, thought we'd do this bonus episode just to get your appetite wet so we'll see you soon we're ready to retro are you chris you really think that the remake of power rangers was better than avengers endgame absolutely guys 100%. what is it wrong is with way better no it's yeah, not it's just dude. way better than how am i even no, related it's, it's, to it's you. amazing i mean endgame is Gu- not bad guys, but guys, uh, what, chelsea? chelsea we're running out of time for the commercial wait wait we're recording that right now that's happening right now yes right now oh my gosh well what do the people need to know well they need to know where to find us well, they can find us on spotify itunes anchor all the regular stuff and they can follow us on instagram if they want to see uh you know social media content yeah at ready to retro but they don't even know who we are well i'm max and i'm chris and i'm chelsea and we're ready to retro are you Life sucks, and then you die. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, 
Sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.